Oh, let's go. It is a Thursday. I'm back at our regular Thursday jaunt, our regular Thursday hang. We're at Caven's Construction. It'll be a double shot power day. Double shot power day for the ref here at Caven's because not only am I hanging here for three hours, but then the one, the only radio icon, Mike Steely, coming up next, and we'll tell you about all the great services provided by our good friends here at Caven's Construction. As always, we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You heard right, 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Colin Line, 405-329-9000. And, of course, you, you, you can tweet at us. Josh is at Josh on Ref. I am at Plank Show, and it is a big night for one Josh Helmer because, Josh, all of the high school fun is here for you on a Thursday. Are you just fired up? I'm ready, man. Regular season finale. Uh, wild that, uh, obviously, it's gone by so quick again, but uh, here we are. And Every year. So much fun, we had to move it up a day, Plank. <laughs> Hey, is it fair to say that we've discovered a new rock star for this here very radio program? Do you think that it's fair to say that from yesterday's show, we developed, dare I even say, Josh, almost a new regular on this program, given the importance of weather on a consistent basis? I think that there's a high probability that uh, large chance of that being the case, yes. Kevin Clazel came on and crushed it yesterday. It was, first of all, great analysis on baseball. And the the Astros did win last night and have a no-hitter. So on days whenever Dr. Kevin Clazel, meteorologist and EM for the OU Department of Campus Safety, comes on the program, his Astros are 1-0. and So that has to be taken into consideration. With a combined right? no-hitter. But you, with a combined no-hitter... But, yeah, I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, Toby, I'm getting smarter on weather. So now every Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or maybe maybe someday we'll get to play a primetime game. It's been so many years ago. But now we have, a, we have Dr. Kevin Clazel as our official weather insider for the program. This thing, it just keeps blowing up, man. But – I did tease something for the OU game this weekend. So um, our contractually obligated sports radio discussion about whether or not you consider a combined no-hitter, a true no-hitter. Josh, you want to carve that out for like 930? Because, again, if you do a sports radio show, I mean, you, you have to. There's a document we sign, and you have to talk about things that everyone else is talking about. So whether or not you truly view a combined no-hitter as a no-hitter, I mean, Josh, we, we, we have to talk about it, right? It, it's coming up. Contractually obligated. We will discuss the right. combined no-no and whether or not it, in fact, counts. We'll take your calls on it, too. No, I'm totally kidding. We're not taking anyone's call on a combined no-hitter. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to the others. But we do have some football to talk about. Nice going into a weekend with your upset special having hit last night. You're welcome. But also, more importantly, we got OU and Baylor. And 
Every single game, Josh Helmer, our man Dennis Stats Kelly sends us notes on maybe some interesting little nuggets as it pertains to whomever OU is playing on that Saturday afternoon. It's it's a really, really cool deal, and I'm very grateful for it. Now, to say I read it every week, maybe there's some times when it slips by. But I saw this note, and it absolutely cracked me up. Um, and, and these are old school things, right? We're talking about notes from back in the, way back in the 1900s, 1902. And some of these, I don't know if they're true. Dennis could make these up, and I would just basically be like, yeah, I guess so. But according to lore, the Sooners, who were then known as the Rough Riders, very first game against Baylor was a 17-0 win in 1901. Legend has it that the Sooners rode a Pullman train to play Texas in Austin, which was a 12-6 loss, and played Baylor on the way home. But... The final score is in doubt. Now, quick little sidebar here. You know the the history of the Bedlam series is in doubt, right? And Oklahoma State claims, I think, what, two wins or one win whenever Oklahoma, it was a no contest, so they don't even include it in the history. Is that is that one that everyone knows, or is that just for us nerds? I think most OU fans and Oklahoma State okay. fans are pretty familiar, yes, with that. So the two historical records have OU as the winner. So it's not like Bedlam. One game, though, says 17-0. One game says 17-6. According to Dennis Stats Kelly, OU was penalized twice for using foul tactics and hitting too hard in 1901. And OU wanted to leave the field but would have lost its guarantee to play that day. Now, think about the financial guarantee for, say, a North Carolina A&T. I don't know why. I think I saw A&T play in person at a basketball tournament, so they're always my go-to small school. All right, I'll go um, Villanova. Let's say Villanova's coming to Norman to play a game. What are we talking? At the very least, 250 k or something of that nature? Am I low? 250k yeah <laughs> it's uh it's okay. a good crowd round there you think no 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 i'm it i'm it financially i'm sorry i'm sorry what you would have to pay them to come here and play the, the financial ramifications of paying them to come oh here yeah and play. no My yeah it's a, it's a little bit more than that is it okay so what are we looking like five like 300k 500k i think close to maybe just a little shy of a million okay now, again, we are going back uh, 122 years here. But OU wanted to leave the field but would have lost its $150 guarantee in 1901. And the two teams didn't play again until 1973. So there was a 72-year span between OU and Baylor playing each other, which is wild and the reason that there is the dispute in the final score 17-0 to 17-6 i have no idea stats you've got more research to do on that 
But I want to start. I want to start implementing Josh the use of the term foul tactics into our broadcast, into our show in some way, shape, or form, accusing others of hitting too hard. I think that. I think that that would be. Well, we do kind of still do that, right? We get penalized for hitting too hard in college football in the NFL, right? Amazing how much things change. They stay the same, huh? Yeah. But foul tactics is one that we got to use, right? Foul tactics. That would be uh, better than unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. (laughs) Uh, Fred Roberts was the head coach in 1901, Josh. It was his only year as coach in Norman, and he finished with a 3-2 and record, but... In 1901, it was more profitable for Fred to leave the coaching industry and farm. So, (laughs) again, I know we're looking back quite a bit, but it's still hilarious whenever it's like, you want to come. It's like uh, Lou Brown in Major League. It's like, Lou, how would you like to coach the Cleveland Indians? I got a guy on the other line about a set of white walls. Let me call you back. I mean, I'm imagining Fred Roberts back in 1901. Fred, how would you like to coach the Sooners another year? Uh, I think I'm going to farm. I think that's what I'm going to do. Appreciate it, though, guys. Good times. But there you go. I didn't realize, Josh, I felt like there was regularity in this series, and there has been since 1972. But a 71-year gap between two teams playing each other, that's pretty significant. That's fairly substantial. It's kind of like Oklahoma and Arkansas to be that close to one another and have had, you know, an extended time where you just didn't play each other. I get that you're not in the same conference through throughout those right. years, but uh, even just, again, to, to be that close in proximity to each other and to not play is, is pretty wild. Yeah, 72 years separating the two. Wild. So, anyway, there is my Baylor history. Debating the 1901 score – and then obviously the fact that these two teams hadn't played for 72 years. Obviously, it sounded much more important in my head than it did when I started talking about it on the radio. So maybe I should apologize for bringing it up. In the meantime, we do have history. How was your Wednesday night taking in a no-no, Josh? It was good, yeah. Uh, not necessarily what anybody expected, right, in the World Series last night. Kind of each of these last two games have been uh, duds both ways. Um, here's the question that I have from, from last night, because I think you and I were in the same boat on this program yesterday morning. And that was, man, the Phillies are rolling. Uh, it's going to be hard. I think for even, it's going to be hard. I think for Houston to maybe even get a dub. And then the most baseball thing ever happens a day after scoring seven runs, the Phillies get no hit. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how to put it. I don't even think they were close. This was like the Raiders and the Saints on Sunday. Like, there's not even a moment in that Raiders-Saints game last Sunday where you're like, you know, if Vegas gets this first down here, this might be a little. No. No, it was terrible. I'm still scarred in case you can't tell. Josh, to me, I don't think there was a moment in that game last night where I came away and thought, man, Philly came close to putting something together here. What, they had the runner on second in the second inning after the walk, third inning? That was it. I mean, not even, there wasn't even to me like this sensational play. And I, I haven't, I mean, I haven't gone back and watched every single play from the game, but there, there's not even like this moment where you're like, oh man, they got so close there, so close to getting a hit there. I mean, they were thoroughly dominated yesterday. Yeah. And the way it turned out, I mean, look, uh, 
the inning where Philadelphia yanks Nola and maybe should have stuck with him. I mean, that was the game, right? The plunked batter, that's right. it. <laughs> Ball game. Plunked batter, it's over. Right. 9.15 on the Plank Show. All good, though? Did you have a good night? It was a great night. How was yours, my friend? Good. It was okay. I had a, I had a lot of – there was – well, I actually um, – my man Jay was, was giving me some grief from yesterday's show because I uh, – he, he told me there was no way that I would survive in college anymore, and he's probably right from our if you could go back to college right now, would you conversation. So I wore that. I'm like, you're right, bro. I'd be in big trouble if I went back. I had a horrible nightmare last night too, Josh, and I'm still kind of scarred from. I had a nightmare that I could that Oklahoma was playing an exhibition game in Wichita, and we were trying to do the broadcast, and Toby was calling the game, but I lost my phone and the sideline equipment. And apparently Tom Shores was like an offensive line coach, and I couldn't give the update that our sideline engineer, Tom Shores, was giving a hype speech to the entire team. So it was like a nightmare. I, and I woke up trying to find my key, too, which was almost telling. So my mind's a bit of a sieve this morning <laughs> because I'm still in shock that Tom Shores is the new offensive line coach at OU. <laughs> it's like, it was so real. I'm like, Toby, Tom's down here hyping the team up. And I realized, oh, my God, I don't have my microphone. I don't have my phone. What's going on? Could you imagine the Sooners playing an exhibition game in Wichita, though? I think it would be well attended. Shocker Stadium there. That's get used for anything, does it? Yeah, where uh, where could they play now? I, I'm, I guess, do they still have Is the old stadium? Is that stadium still up? I mean, it was there last year whenever I went for a softball game. Or maybe it was two years ago. Okay, for some they reason, there. for some reason, I thought they had either renovated it or like finally made the decision to tear it down. But I guess, uh, I guess it's still there. That's uh, funny though that you're <laughs> dreaming about this. I mean, you, clearly you're passionate about I, your work. Right. Well, no, no, no. Let, let's add to it. I'm also a crazy person because this is my nightmare all the time. Every nightmare that I ever have involves me not being able to find equipment or the game being on the air and me being too far away in order to get on the air and let everyone know what's going on. It's either that or, hey, I got to go back to college because they found out that I, my degree isn't legit. Oh, no, I'm on my way back. I've got to go back to school and study for finals. No. All right, when we come back on the Plank Show, let's dive in. Let's, let's have the debate about the no-no from last night. The dude that wants to the, – the, the people that don't like baseball and are, don't want to hear about the World Series, give us three minutes, okay? That's all. Three minutes apiece. I'm not that heated about it. I don't feel like it needs to be Chris Russo yelling at the TV like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. It's a, it's a no-hitter. Calm down. I, I, I say that, but I know the most passionate baseball fan is probably yelling in that production studio right now, T.J. Perry. I don't know how he feels, but I'm sure he's triggered by it. I am not. We'll talk about it. And, Josh, we continue to get more on expectations from Baylor. I thought... During the press conference yesterday, when we were replaying some of the highlights, I, I didn't hit, and part of it may have been purposefully, because you know me, I'm not the smartest recruiting guy in the world, but part of what really stood out to me from Brent Venables' press conference yesterday was Coach Venables talking about recruiting. And to me, I think that's a, that's a major – I thought it was cool. I thought it was awesome. But with the way things are trending, right, knowing that David Hicks is going to take a trip to, to campus for, what they say, the, the Bedlam game? Is that right? Yep. Knowing that, and, and to Texas A&M people, 
have confirmed that as well, too. Um, I just – I heard Brent Venables say this yesterday, and I thought it was really cool. And for those of you that have been a little bit concerned, oh, my gosh, what's going on with recruiting? Um, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty cool deal to see how – to see how things have kind of played out. By the way, is this – I just pulled up David Hicks' recruiting profile. They have him listed as a hard commit to A&M, but Will Fong still has him projected to OU. Is that old or something? Or is that maybe him thinking the Sooners can still turn this? I, I don't know. I, I need to look at it. I mean, maybe he just never – I guess never – Oh, no, he changed it. No, 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 no. He flipped it, remember? Oh, yeah, the day of. The day of. Right. He flipped it the day of, and everyone was like, wait a minute here. But when you go straight to David Hicks' webpage, it has him projecting him. Now, the project. Okay, so they did take their L. He put the prediction back to 928.22 whenever they had predicted him to owe you. So I don't. I guess maybe they're just take. Maybe finally they're kind of saying, hey, all right, we got this one wrong. But it's still right there on his page, Crystal Ball proje- uh, projection. Oh, you 100%. I just assume that maybe that was prior to the A&M hard commit. Regardless, he's coming to Oklahoma. And Brent Venables, not, not as a, a commitment, I should be really clear. He's coming to an OU game. So when we come back, I, I want to also hit a little bit of what Brent Venables had to say about crudeing and the Oklahoma Sooner reproach, uh, approach. In the meantime, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, if you want to get in here, 405-329-9000. When we come back, our sports radio contractually obligated conversation about whether or not a combined no-hitter is truly a no-hitter. This is the home of Sooner fans. So what time does everything get started tonight, Josh? Fill in the peeps on the Ref Sports Radio Network this evening. Yeah, well, obviously we've got a ton of action across the krefsports.tv well website and you know for us should get started uh, on my broadcast for Norman North versus Enid probably get started right at about 6:15 and i would imagine uh, that's the case for just about everybody 6:30 beautiful. or so beautiful and with a win two seed Two seed, two seed and a bye with the win. Here's the uh, the full list of games, by the way. Norman High. This is, is on the ref, right? KRefSports.tv. So if you're wanting to stream along, Norman High at Owasso. Mustang is at Edmond Memorial. Union at Edmond North. Putnam City North at Deer Creek. Moore is, uh, well, I, something's wrong there. But uh, Southmore and Westmore, Edmond Santa Fe, and Yukon. Uh oh! What's wrong? What seems to be the problem? Well, I'm guessing that two teams can't be playing a Wasso tonight. <laughs> Wouldn't that be impressive? Bill Blankenship's got such a squad that he just splits him up, puts one area, puts him on another area. Let's go! It's like, listen, I don't know how to put this, but we're so good, we're splitting our teams up. You get to play the varsity. We got the junior varsity and break. (laughs) Maybe a couple years ago. All right, we'll figure out. We'll figure out the uh, mess. But have fun tonight, man. Uh, Can can we count on a preview in the top five stories of the day after we talk to Joey? Sure, absolutely. You want a preview? You got it.
I'll carve it in for number five. If you're good with that, I'm good with that. Now, last night, we did have a little bit of history. In the World Series, for the first time in World Series history, we had a combined uh, no-hitter. Now, I um, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm not overly, like, angry or or hot takey about it i just i think it's kind of cool but i i did notice that there was a lot of people that were very triggered by the fact that people call a combined no hitter a no hitter i think this will work here was the final call if you happen to miss it last night on fox joe davis and john smoltz by the way are really awesome together so yeah real muto bouncing ball to third The second one in World Series history. Don Larson in 1956. Joined by Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley. A 5-0 win in Game 4 in no-hit fashion to tie this series at two games apiece. Okay, so... um... A quick little Air Comfort Solutions text line reaction to this. Um, please quit talking about baseball. Can't you talk about football, basketball, or softball? Baseball is the most boring sport. Well, major spurt. league at least. There's too many games. Spurt, right. Um, fun fact, by the way, from the 918 that needs to be mentioned in your three minutes of baseball. Jordan Baker from Shawnee, Oklahoma, will be the umpire behind the plate tonight for his first World Series games. And then the the very first text in, combined no hitters are soft. Um, (laughs) And this is really good. I have heard from legend Noah Allen, if the term combined no hitter triggers you, you need to take a long look in the mirror. (laughs) Uh, Is TJ triggered by this? Is that... Is that true or false? I don't know. I think it's just the Astros winning makes TJ mad, right? Probably, yeah. He's already okay. frustrated by that. Look, uh, gotcha. is it the same as 1956? No, it's not, no. right? It's not to the same degree as if one guy goes out and throws the no-hitter. But, look, a combined no-no, I, I don't care if it's combined. In the World Series, that's pretty amazing. Mm. Not only uh, – okay, just my, my quick little thought on this. I, uh, I, why do we, it's a no-hitter. Starters barely go five innings anymore. I mean, what are we, what are we doing? And in a situation like that, in an environment like Philadelphia, no one's trying to say, this is like Don Larson all over again. No one is trying to say, this is like the last postseason no-no when Roy Halladay, no one's trying to like, proclaim this as one of the greatest things ever a team that scored seven runs was no hit the next night a team that put seven runs on the board against one of the aces of the opposing team staff was no hit i don't i don't know why you feel like you need to have some sort of angry laden label on this but anger anger laden angry laden anger laden label on this but i mean Come on. It's a no-no, for goodness sakes. Embrace it. Oh, oh, oh. 
It wasn't one guy. When was the last time one guy pitched a complete game? I mean, one guy getting out of the sixth inning anymore is like, <laughs> bravo, he got out of the sixth. I mean, come on. Easy. Back in my day, that 18-inning game between the Mariners and the Astros, Josh, would have pitched every inning. Stop. It's different. But I do have to crack out, crack up, and there are some people that are hot about this. Hot, Josh Elmer. Hot. It's it's not a real no-no, huh? They're, they're that upset about it. I mean, obviously, the again, the stage itself, I think, uh, amplifies this. If uh, somebody's trying to parade Ooh. the idea around, a no-hitter in general is pretty awesome, but if you're trying to parade the regular season combined no-hitter, look, yeah, it's a no-hitter, but it's not the same as somebody individually going out and throwing a no-hitter. <laughs> In the World Series, I'm willing to say, yeah, let's let's throw that out. It's still pretty awesome. Um, very very cool, very very cool. Kindle, just just real quick on this because I'm I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get bogged down on it, um, and and because I think it it is a fun debate. But if we got college football, man, the texture can go pound rocks. Baseball is America's pastime. I'm on board with the combined no no. It was impressive, and I was awake to see it happen. Not only was I awake, but I was watching an NBA game, too, last night. I did like this uh, on the Super Secret Textoso line. If you can't say what single person is credited with a no-hitter, then how does it go down in the record book? No one's first name is combined. That's a good point. I think they just put all three names in there, don't they? I would imagine. In said magical record book. (laughs) I like the idea that there's like a hall of record books, much like when you go to Washington, D.C., and there's the Constitution, and you can see it, right? I, I like to imagine that there is a, a hall of record books where now some historian has to get up out of his chair and walk down with, like, an ink pen and open up said record book and add <laughs> add some Astros names to it from last night, blows the dust off it for, for World Series no-hitters. And then uh, under Don Larson, he's adding... <laughs> He's having Javier. Uh, unfortunately, that's not my reality. That'd be my kind of vacation place, though. Honey, where do you want to go? I want to go to the Hall of Records. I want to go see the guy that has to individually penmanship every record into a into the official record record books. Season our series is even now two games apiece. All right, let's break. When we come back, Ben Venables had some interesting takes on the world of Cruton yesterday. What say you? We'll play it for you next, right here on The Ref. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Uh, we, can we can we set a date with all of y'all? Because I forgot Chris the Bear Felica is coming on with us this morning, too. So we'll hit the BV press. Well, I say presser, but the recruiting answer here in the next segment, just to make sure there's plenty of time to hear it. Uh, And then I I talked to the Bear yesterday on Big 12 Today, and we got into a lot of his thoughts on the 14 playoff, and and Dan, I asked him about OU. So we'll we'll get the Bears' thoughts on not just the the 14 playoff, but OU Baylor coming up here at 10 a.m. We're at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. We're back. Uh, Gary's birthday present to Jessica last week was to have me gone. So now the birthday celebration is over. I'm invited back. 405-573-3048 or online at cavensgroup.com. Good people. Always um, 
incredible work from mold remediation. I had a friend of mine this weekend that realized that they may have a major mold problem. I'm like, hey, listen, call Cavens. You know, make sure you, you have them come out and test it, and then they can help you remediate it too. 405-573-3048. All right. With that in mind, let's clean up the Air Comfort Solutions text line here real quick. And I guess, I guess, Josh Helmer, that there actually is something somewhat similar to my vacation place that I want to talk about. Because according to this, there isn't necessarily a hall of records. So I guess that, that, that maybe my idea of some poor old man with reading glasses just flipping through pages, having to go dust off a record book and write down uh, the Astros' names next to Don Larson is probably not reality. But the 918 says it's not exactly the same as what you're talking about, but the Library of Congress being Congress is supposed to have access to every book, every book in the world. So there you go. That would include any record book for any sport. So what you're saying, Josh, is maybe just maybe there's a chance that my dream of some crotchety, angry old man having to update a record book might be reality, that it's not all digital in this world? Well, let's go time again. Combined, just through a no-no. <sighs> For the first time since 56. I just imagine how frustrated he is. <sighs> and and then I imagine that old man walking down me like, not even a no-hitter anyway. It's three combined guys. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having to waste my time to go down and, and do this, but whatever. Whatever, mate. All these kids today, they're soft. Next thing you know, five and a half innings is going to be a quality start. I think I did resonate with a few of you. Uh, Jeff in DFW writes, Plank's Hall of Records description was perfect. That's what I've always imagined, too. Don't know if it's reality or not, but, again, that's how I imagine when people talk about broken records. Oh, oh, we have controversy, controversy early in the program. This controversy arises from Brent from Jinx, who tweets into the ver- or texts into the program with this. Jordan Baker is actually from Enid, Oklahoma. Enid grad currently lives in Shawnee. Sorry, got to get that Enid credit. That's cool. Um, that's a big deal. And I watch, I watch the NFL, and I don't know about you guys, but I get kind of a, a sense of pride when I see Clay Martin out there calling games. Now, when he screws up the Raiders game, that's a different story, but – Clay is, Clay is awesome, and uh, we we're blessed. So Jordan Baker tonight, behind the plate in the World Series game. Enid Grad, a Plainsman. The great uh, Meredith Wright is from Enid, even though she hasn't talked to me in a decade. But cool town, and really cool to see Jordan Baker uh, from the four hundred five. Joe Davis would be a better broadcaster if he was calling a Dodgers World Series game. But seriously, he is great at every game he calls. Joe Davis was one of those guys that when you first heard him, you're like, I think this guy might be pretty big time. I think he was calling double-A baseball in Louisiana. And then the next thing you know, he's he's calling games on Fox. And like, he's really good. I mean, this is a dude I think that's going to be around for a while. And I, I felt like I listened to the broadcast a little bit more when I got home in the third inning last night than I normally do. I think he and Smoltz are really good together. I think it, 
I think it helps Smoltz that the Braves aren't there because automatically everyone thinks he's going to homer out for the Braves on any broadcast. But I don't know about you, Josh, but I, I thought they both – I think they work really well together. Yeah, they, they've been really good, and it's kind of fun, right, to see this passing of the torch because of Joe Buck's move to ESPN for somebody else to get uh, get a crack at this broadcast. And Joe Davis has been – you know, I – the best credit to a broadcaster is for a play-by-play guy. They're not talking a lot about you doing the play-by-play, right? That's, right, exactly. That's the greatest uh, credit to him. And you know what? It's kind of just kind of just gone along, right? I mean, I haven't thought a, a ton about him outside of hey, yeah, he's he's been good. And now we're going to what after this year? This is the final final four. We found out the other day for Jim Nance coming up. That's and then, right. Uh, and then we'll get a new voice there too, which is kind of kind of fun, kind of fun to see yeah. the changing of the guard. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're good. That's that's another thing that that seems to matter to me. I don't just need you know what Fox really does a good job. Fox really does a good job on how they present the broadcasts, and I think they're crushing it with the World Series. Oh, here's one more. Let's add Derek Bowers from Ada is in the NFL, a line judge. Look, the laundry list of Oklahomans in important decision-making roles as officials continues to grow. Now, I don't know if Lyndon Nixon is from Oklahoma, but he's a University of Tulsa grad. He's he's on one of the Big 12 crews. He doesn't have a clue who I am, nor remember me from college, but he's always very nice and acts like he does. Oh, and this is funny from Travis, who writes on the Super Secret Textosa line. If there is any group of people that would turn down digital record books in the name of tradition, it would be baseball fans. <laughs> Absolutely 100% true. All right, we got a break. When we come back, let's do what we're supposed to do on this show, Josh. Let's talk college football. We've had 24 hours of fallout from the first playoff rankings. Now we focus on OU Baylor. What do we know about the Bears? What can we expect from Baylor? We'll preview that game and hear from the Bear Chris Felica. But when we come back, Brent Venables and his perspective on recruiting and how the Sooners weathered the three-game losing streak and battled some potential decommits, we'll hear from it next. We'll hear from Coach next on it right here on The Ref. All right. I want you to hear this, Josh. I want to get your take on it. Yesterday, oh, hold on, Coach. Uh, Tuesday during the Brent Venables press conference, we didn't get to this yesterday, but Coach was asked about, hey, you know, what's been, I think Bob Prisbillo asked the question, uh, what's been the message to re- recruits during kind of a tough spot and how have you kind of handled that? You know, no different message. Uh, um, try to use um, when you're selling yourself and you have no track record, you're trying to sell what you've – accomplished uh, in the past I mean, you have some kind of a track record uh, good or bad um, whether it's coaching a position it's coaching a unit um, being a part of experiences and so you continue to nurture that the biggest thing is you build relationships and you know at the end of the day uh, when uh, in the recruiting world uh, you know it never stops when a guy commits people are still going to try to uh, recruit people, and, and sometimes guys make they they, they uh, change their minds. That's their right. That's part of the process. Uh, you don't like it when you're when you're not on the right side of it, uh, but you're always you know uh, you know checking the temperature of the water 
to to see if all right, this guy, I'm not sure about, you know. Uh, so you're really doing that from the from the get go, uh, like this guy committed, but I'm not sure for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's uh, where they where they're located, uh, family support or not. You know, sometimes you get maybe a a parent that's looking at it. You know. Uh, more, maybe more in an agent role as opposed to you know somebody going to take the baton you know uh, from us and and they got to you know help my son grow from boyhood to manhood you know some people look at it more from a business standpoint some of it look uh, from a, a growth and maturation and and a football opportunity too so a lot goes into it uh, you know recruiting is tough and demanding it's challenging and you're dealing with emotions real emotions in real life time opportunity so uh, hopefully you, you, you do things right um, you have you've had success you got people that are effective communicators and uh, relationship driven and hardworking uh, you'll be on a, on a really good strong side of it and every once in a while you know things don't go your way that's I don't ever lose sleep over somebody uh, that we never had uh, that um, was supposedly lost. You know, if they come here in this program and uh, they go on that field for us, and then they they leave, then that's somebody that we lost. And uh, so I don't. There's a bunch of great players we we've identified. A handful of them uh, challenged the staff a couple of weeks ago to, you know, some of the best players that have played here. Uh, our previous stops uh, were guys that were under the radar going into their senior year, and. Uh, with diligence and um, uh, with that kind of a mindset, you find some great players that were undervalued. I think more now than ever, there'll be more and more players uh, that are overlooked for for a lot of reasons. Number one is because everybody in such a hurry to get to the next class, the 24 class, the 25 class, now the 26 class. Some of the guys, schools are in the 27th. And you only have so much time in a day. And what about that 23 guy that just had his first four games or his last four games? You know, you saw him, you know, six months ago, and he was 6'1", but now he's six three and a half. but you don't know because you, you stopped recruiting him. You know, he didn't meet the measurables or what have you. Again, there's a, a million different things. Or, or some schools are, hey, let's, all right, we, we didn't identify anybody in the 23 class uh, from – Say we last time we offered people's in the summer, and now we're not watching any of the the fall. And I'm not saying that this is the game plan, but it's a byproduct. Now we're who now they're trying to identify who might be in the transfer portal, who will be, or we're going to save these five spots for portal guys, and we're moving on to the 24 class. And then when the portal uh, names get in there, we that's what we got. We got to get a tackle, we got to get a receiver, whatever it is, and they're not looking for those. Seniors that are developing, Jeremy Beal, uh, you know Isaiah Simmons, you know Kayvon Wallace, uh, uh, a bunch of great, great players uh, that you didn't offer uh, until late. Now Mark Clayton, Mark was pretty good, you know, and um, and there's countless others. So, I love everything about that. I love everything about that. It gets me back to my. One and only T-shirt idea I had for this show. And give credit where credit is due. Sooner Lisa came up with the design. But to me, you know, that sounded like that sounded like building that moat, Josh. Build that moat, baby. 
Um, because I what I hear in there, and obviously it wasn't a lot of Oklahoma guys, but maybe that opened some doors for some more in-state dudes. I think if there is one recruiting take that I think I know, I think BV is going to take a much harder, deeper look at some Oklahoma guys than maybe the previous staff did, Josh. It feels that way, right? I mean, when you hear yeah. that right there, that basically they're trying to turn over all stones or yep. just find a couple of diamonds in the rough here and there. And with Brent Venable saying that uh, they they know that this program has had success doing that, right? It's a foundational piece of really his time with Oklahoma and – you know, listening to Vittables there, he thinks that there's going to be more of an opportunity for this now going forward, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. constantly looking to that next class and the transfer portal. So that's interesting and something definitely to monitor over these next, I guess, really coming up to the spring signing day uh, and then just the next couple of years, right? Their approach yep. late in classes. He's challenging his guys, his staff. Let's take one more look before, you know, before we decide that we're moving on to the portal or wherever, let's not just say 23 is closed. Let's, let's, let's go back and double-check our evaluations. I thought that was really good. Not to say they won't use the portal, but I just thought that was really cool. Chris Fleek is next right here on The Ref.